Okay, good evening everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, we're continuing our the subject, a very moving subject, a, a stirring subject, regarding this cherem that Rashi said in Parshas Vayeshev, that why didn't God reveal to Yaakov Avinu where Yosef was, what happened to him, because the brothers made an excommunication and cursed anyone who would reveal the information, and they joined HaKadosh Baruch Hu with them. And that is the subject of uh, tonight's year. Um, the Yeshua Man Celebration is sponsored by Dr. Zakaim Umeshpachta, Leilinishas Roshama Eliezer Ben Rav Yaakov Zakaim, and Leilinishmas her mother Rivka Bas Tuvya. Tonight's class is sponsored by Rav Nassim Wadler, Lezecher Nishmas, Peral Bas Rav Baruch. On Wednesday we learned three basic approaches. They are as follows. Number one, the approach of the Mizrahi. That no, you cannot bind God. God is not bound by anything. All it means were, all it means is that the Shvatim were pretty confident that God would never let it be known that Yosef was sold because God had his own personal interest in ensuring this remained a secret because they had a tradition that one of them would be sold and through him the Jewish people would end up in Egypt. That being the case, because they had such a tradition, therefore, they knew God wouldn't say, but not in any way that God was bound by the Shvua. But God, they made a cherem among themselves, and they knew God would be in on it for His own reasons, to make sure they would end up in Mitzrayim. That's the approach of the Mizrahi. The Maral's approach was that you can't bind God. When when Chazal say they brought in Hashem, it means they brought in the Makahim. They brought in the dimension of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that is Meshutaf with them. But God was only brought in vis-a-vis them to bind them because without God there, they wouldn't have a minion. And a Chayim is only binding if there's a minion. So God was there to bind them but not to bind God. It's the, the mashal we gave is if somebody davened already, he could be part of the minion. So he doesn't have to daven at the minion, but they need him to be there. So God being there bound the Shvatim, it didn't bind God, but Hashem didn't, um, went along with it because uh, of HaKadosh Baruch own personal cheshboinus, but he was not technically bound by it. And then we learned the incredible parish of the Lavush, the approach of the Lavush, is that in fact God was bound. And you'll ask, how could a mortal, how could a mere Basavadam bind God? And the answer is, oh, why not? They asked him. They used the shame. They went down to the Merkava, either Levi or all of them, and they said, God, would you like to be bound? And he said, okay, I'm in. They said, God, in or out? God said, I'm in. Why did God say he's in? For his own Cheshbainais. But the question, how you could bind God, they asked him, and Hashem said, yeah. So why were the Shvatim punished? Because they never asked him if they should sell Yosef. They just asked, if we do sell, will you say anything? And God said, okay, you want to sell him, do what you want. And I'll be, I won't say anything, but I'm not giving you permission to do so. Those were the three approaches that we learned. I want to share with you tonight two approaches. It will be um, a brief share this evening. Um, the uh, fourth approach is the approach of the Shalshalas HaKabbalah. Now, historically, the Chidah writes that the Shoshalas HaKabbalah is not reliable as a work of history. But this is an approach to a narrative in Chumash, which is 
quite an amazing approach. And in his opinion, when Chazal say that they joined the Shechina in the Cherem, the Shoshos HaKabbalah writes, Ein lefaresh divrei Chazal kepshutam. Do not explain the words of Chazal at face value. Here you see these words, where my arrow is, Ein lefaresh divrei Chazal kepshutam. Lefishein koyach leben lahachriach ha'av. A kid can't force his father. A student can't force the Rebbe. What Chazal means is God had his own reason why he didn't want to say. And if you want to know, so who is the tenth person in the Cheram? Don't you need a minion? So the Shashos HaKabbalah has a very unique approach. The tenth person, because we know Reuven wasn't there and Binyamin wasn't there. So it's only nine. No. Yosef himself was the tenth member of the Cheram. Either because perforce he was under their control. And because he was under their control, they could coerce him and force him to be part of the cherem. He had no alternative. And he answered, Amen, Baal Karchai. Or, says the Shashal Sekabala, the halacha is, if Roiv Hatsibor, if the majority of the community agrees to a particular Chumrah, the minority is drawn after them against their will. So, this is the approach of Shashasa Kabbalah, that this um, cherem was not bound upon God. You can't bind God to do anything. This cherem devolved on Yosef. Yosef was the tenth member of the cherem. And based on that idea, Shashasa Kabbalah says that the reason why Yosef never sent word to Yaakov, Yaakov, Dad, I'm alive, save me, I'm in Egypt, is because Yosef was bound by the Cheren. You know, the, we've learned in previous years that the reason why Yosef didn't send word to Yaakov is Yosef felt he had to bring the dreams to fruition, have all the brothers bow down to him, and then have the brothers and Yaakov bow down to him. This is another approach to that question. You know why Yosef didn't send word? Because he was bound by the Cheren. And now, says the Shalshaz HaKabbalah, we understand why Yosef is constantly crying in Parshas Miketz and Vayigash. What does it mean he's crying? Was he just overcome with emotion? It was more than that. Crying is a feature and facet of prayer. Every time he saw the brothers, he said, God, I can't take it anymore. Please, I beg you, could we, can I be released from the cherem? Can I be mater the cherem? He pled with God, Hashem, please release me from this impossible uh, prison of being bound by the cherem. I need my father to know where I am. So, for example, in Parak Membeis, Pasuk Chavdalet, Vayisayv Mayaleim, he turned away from them. Vayevk, and he cried. Vayashav Aleim, he returned to them. Vayidab Aleim, he spoke to them. Vayikach Meitam Hashimon, he took Shimon from them. Vayesar Oisayleinayim, here it says he turned away and he cried. So we understand that. He was just overcome with emotion. He hadn't seen his brothers. It was just too traumatic. No, it's more than that. He turned away and he prayed, God, okay, the brothers are here. Can we release the cherem? Can we? Can I be freed of the cherem? And God basically did not allow him to be released. So he he tried again a little bit later on in the parsha. Vayimaher Yosef ki nichmeru racham avel achiv vayivakish livkois vayavay hachadra vayiv shama. But even then, 
he was not freed of the cherem. Not until all the brothers appeared before him and Yosef realized that if all the brothers are there, then anything created with a certain number can then be released and freed through the same number. And when Yosef sees all the brothers present, he vayitain as koiloi bivchi, he cried to the Almighty, God Almighty, please allow me to release my be released from the cherem. And in fact, at that point, he was released from the cherem. And uh, the Shalshalos HaKabbalah um, says, "Vizeh." By the way, this would explain why Yosef never told the brothers originally, "I'm Yosef." <laughs> Why didn't Yosef say originally when the brothers came down, I'm Yosef? Yosef couldn't say. There was a cherem on him. He couldn't tell his own brothers who he was. So, says the Shashel's HaKabbalah, um, the brothers were afraid of him. They were afraid to release him from the cherem. Maybe he would tell the father everything. And Yosef pled with them. Yosef said, come close to me. And finally the brothers agreed to uh, release the cherem. So this is a, a little bit of a different shot. The Shashel HaKabbalah seems to learn not to take Chazal at face value. God was not bound. Who was the tenth member? The tenth member was incredibly Yosef. And all the crying of Yosef was Yosef's attempt to release the brothers, um, Yosef's attempt to be released from the cherem. Let's end off with the uh, fifth shot. This is the approach of the Shla HaKadosh. And this is a fundamental understanding of Mechiros Yosef in general. What were the brothers thinking? Were, did they, how could they sell their brother? They're going to kidnap their brother, throw him into a pit with snakes and scorpions. You know, the halach is if you throw someone into a pit with snakes and scorpions, you don't even have to see anything. Uh, you can immediately testify that they died and the wife could remarry. So how could the brothers do such a thing? So the, the approach of the Shlach HaKadosh is that when the brothers say to Yosef, Will you be the king? This wasn't just jealousy. The concept is that Kahuna belongs to Shevet Levi and Malchus belongs to Shevet Yehuda. And they thought that Yosef's uh, illusion of grandeur, of becoming king, was usurping the Malchus based of it. We know that when Yehuda was born, it says, Vata'amoid miledes, a lotion of Amida. We know that God's Malchus is manifest through the medium of the Malchus based David. David HaMalch is the fourth regel of God's throne. Avram Yitzhak Yaakov, Yehuda, David. David holds up the Kisei HaKavayt. David projects God's sovereignty to the world. And they felt that Yosef, who comes obviously from Shevet Yosef, did not have the right to take Malchus did not have the right to usurp the Malchus. Therefore, they held, he was a moirid b'malchus, and he's chayiv misa. That's why they pass in Yosef as chayiv misa. In fact, I would like to suggest, the Gemara tells us in Sanhedrin, kal hachoylek al malchus beis David, roi lahakishay nachash. Anyone who challenges the Davidic dynasty is worthy to be bitten by a snake. Therefore, the brothers said, look, we don't know for sure that this is what Yosef's plan is. Maybe it's just some kind of immature dream. 
We don't know for sure he's trying to usurp the throne. Here is the good. Here is the hill. Here will be the barometer. We'll throw him into a pit with snakes. And we know anyone who argues on the malchus based should be bitten by the snake. And if he's bitten, so obviously we're right in our in our uh, suspicion of, of Yosef. Says the Kadosh, Yosef never tried to usurp the malchus. The role of Yosef is to be the yesoid, the foundation, to pave the way for the malchus Yehuda. This is what it was in the times of Shaul. Shaul borrowed the Malchus so that later David could be the Melech. The role of Yosef is to consolidate the people, galvanize the people, to forge us into an Am. And then Yehuda comes in, Haisa Yehuda Lekache, and takes the Malchus. But the brothers pass in that Yosef was usurping the Malchus based David. Now, here's the clincher. Says the Shlach HaKadosh, Kal since the Malchus Beis David is the projector of God's sovereignty in the world, if you start up with Malchus Beis David, with Yehuda, it's like starting up with God. The meaning of the Cherem, the meaning of the Cherem, that they put God in Cherem, they joined up God, they were Meshtatev God, God was a partner, is because they held that Yosef was challenging the Malchus Beis David, and in effect, he's challenging God's sovereignty. So in, in ruling that Yosef was challenging the sovereignty of God, they join God in into the Cherem. That is the general approach of the Shla Kadosh. And this is uh, something very relevant to Hanukkah. As we know, that even though the Hashem restored Jewish sovereignty, and in fact the Rambam says they took Malchus, they restored Malchus for another 200 years, nevertheless there was a certain... Uh, problem with the Chashmonam and that is what the Ramban writes in Parshas Vayichi is that they took Malchus and they did not return it to the family of David HaMelech and because of that the Chashmonam met a very difficult fate namely he, uh, the Chashmonam were all wiped out. There's even a tradition, a controversial tradition from the Chassam Soifer quoted in Tamayam and Hagim that the reason why Chanukah does not appear in the Mishnah is because since it was codified, redacted by Rebbe from the house of David, Beruach HaKodesh, he, to stand up for the honor of his family, he did not include Hanukkah in the Mishnah. Although it was a great divine salvation, but because they usurped the Malchus based David, similar to what the Shvatim held about Yosef, because of that, uh, Rebbe did not include it in the Mishnah. So these are another two approaches to this very... Uh, mystical concept that the that uh, the brothers made a cherem not to reveal the sale of Yosef and the two additional perushim are it really means that Yosef was the tenth person according to the Shashel Sakabalah or God's participation was in that they deemed that the Yosef was challenging the Malchus based David which is considered a challenge to God himself okay thanks everyone for joining tonight Sorry, um, I'll make this a little higher. What, what are you saying? Yeah, I was, was going to ask, according to the Shal, Shal's uh, uh, Kabbalah, that Yosef was the 10th. I mean, halachically, if you have nine people and you bring somebody in handcuffs in who doesn't want to be part of the minion, has no interest in dominating, is he actually counted towards a minion just because he's physically there? I mean, it's hard to imagine that Yosef, you used the word coerced, 
probably more than coerced. He was threatened. Um, and in, uh, under those circumstances, I wonder whether or not legitimately they could be, he could be considered part of the, make the attempt to have the Cheyron be valid. Right. Well, that's, that seems to be a point that, uh, Shashasakabal addresses. Um, he doesn't discuss whether it works for tefillah, but when it works with, for a cherem, um, which is a chumrah that's placed on the community, the minority has to follow the the majority ruling. So even though if that person would not be there, it would not be enforced because you don't have 10 people. With that person there, even though he doesn't agree with it, he's sort of... But he makes dominion. He I makes dominion, absolutely. People, he makes dominion. You know, the 10 versus the 90 or 90. I can understand it. But without him, there's no minion. Yeah, absolutely. So that's uh, that's a chiddush. But that's what he says. That That's how Hilchas Cherem work. If you have a majority, then even somebody who doesn't agree with it, he could be uh, forced to be mashlam. Okay, thank you so much, Rebbe. We'll see you tomorrow morning. I have the information for this conversation. Okay, excellent. Have a good night, everyone. Tuzgul Mitzvah is called to Afeel Chen Bye-bye.